0: Welcome to the VVNation podcast again. I'm Chris, the founder of VV Nation, and today I'm joined by James once more. Today we are covering training for your first marathon, and for anyone who listened to our first podcast, you will know that I am currently training for my first marathon. So today is going to be a little bit different to, to our uh, first podcast, but James is essentially going to give me a Q&A. And, and James is a non-runner as well, so... um between us we're having a bit of discussion at the moment about why you'd even bother doing a marathon so James how are you doing?
1: Yeah very good thank you yeah it's interesting you say about um, whether or not you should actually do a marathon because for me it's such a huge thing to do as a non-runner as someone who doesn't really see the appeal of it personally but we're going to have a podcast later on where you're going to try and convince me uh, to start running a little bit more. Um, love cycling, love sport, exercise, but running is just that one thing that, that really isn't for me. So, Chris, what made you decide to want to do a marathon? It's a huge thing to undertake. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one because I've always had the
0: same um, the same view of running as, as you've just said. Like I've, n- I've never been a fan of running, um, even going back to my first triathlon 10 or so years ago the the final stage, which is the run stage, was was absolutely horrendous. I hated it, and and it was only six k, I think. Um, but I think that part of the problem of why I've hated it, and I, I think this applies to quite a lot of people, is I just wasn't very good at it. So it was painful. Like five k wasn't enjoy uh, an enjoyable experience for me, which is strange because I've played a lot of sport throughout my life, so I've always been quite fit. But it's just that constant motion running that I just, I never got to grips with. And even when I was doing the odd park run, I just didn't enjoy it. However, as you, I'll I will explain later in the podcast, but the better I've got, the more I've started enjoying it. But what made me really want to do it is that I just, it was one of those bucket list things. I've always wanted to do a marathon. Um, I'm about to turn 30, so I figured I'd rather do it sooner than later as I get older. And... Um, I did the Great South Run as kind of like a benchmark and that was 10 miles uh, last October, so five months ago now, and um, it went pretty well and I thought if I can do that, I can do a marathon. So I've quickly scaled up from not being able to do 5K to where I am now, which is I've just done my second half marathon uh,
1: and I think I'm on course for the marathon. Yeah, I think it being a bucket list item is something that a lot of people. Will yeah, that's essentially thinking. the main reason. And yeah. a lot of people did say to me at the time, like, what are you thinking? Yeah. And uh, any of your. Have, are there any other sporting events on your bucket list that you have done or you've got coming up?
0: Um, so I've always been the kind of person that likes to have a challenge to aim towards. If, if there's no end goal, I really struggle to motivate myself to do anything. So. One of my bucket lists was I wanted to do the 24-hour Paris to London Cycle Challenge. So I did that successfully. We we finished just within the 24 hours, but it it was amazing. There was about eight of us who did it, uh, raising money for prostate cancer. Um, And I also wanted to do a three-piece challenge. So I've done that twice now. Um, But I've never really done anything that involved long-distance running. And most of my other bucket list things that I haven't done um would be sort of active hiking I'm quite I'm quite interested in possibly doing the Alps trek
1: or Kilimanjaro yeah definitely so how how's sort of your training been going for a marathon because as someone who admittedly didn't really enjoy running deciding to do a marathon is huge so have you sort of had a training plan you need to follow um how's that been going
0: yeah so it's been a bit of a roller coaster ride to be fair um so i i started a training plan i think it was the virgin um like beginners marathon training plan which i quickly realized was very much for beginners who had no like physical exercise experience so i actually found the first four weeks were too easy because it was things like you know one of one of the runs was walk for 20 minutes and although i've said i'm not a good runner i'd you know, I can do 5k if I really push myself. So that for the first four weeks I kind of, um, I wouldn't say was behind the curve, but it wasn't challenging me enough. But I also looked at the intermediate running plan, uh, and that was probably too much out of my comfort zone. So straight from the off, I was a little bit in flux, where I didn't quite know how much running I should be doing, and if I was actually ahead of the curve or not. Um, and then the great South run happened, and that went really well like no i didn't have to start. i, w- I was expecting maybe one or two like 30 second bits of walking or, or breathing um didn't have to stop and smash my time my aim was i think
1: about 150 for 10 miles and i did it in 138 mm. how, how how long before the marathon, did you start your training? Because that would be a question a lot of people, if they want to do a marathon, like when do you actually start? And do you have to start earlier, depending on your skill level, whether you're a complete beginner? So I- if I wanted to do a marathon as a complete beginner, relative level of fitness, I, I do other things, how long should I sort of take to train for it and how long have you taken?
0: So after the Great South Run, what should have been sort of the kickstart Eureka moment for me was actually a bit of a disaster. So um, I, I had the what, what they call a runner's high, my first ever runner's high. Having done the Great South Run, I thought, you know what, I actually really enjoyed that. And then I didn't do anything for about two months. Christmas came, like literally nothing. Uh, Christmas came before I knew it, like work was busy. I got to just before Christmas and spoke to my brother who's doing the marathon with me. And we both agreed that we've completely fool's it out basically, <laughs> and what we were hoping would be that that by January, which is when the, the 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 run training really starts, I'd be in good shape. I was actually in worse shape than when I did the Great South Run, <laughs> so I forced myself. Me and my I went and met my brother on um, two days before Christmas, and on Christmas Day morning, to just go out and do a run. And I've never ever done anything like that before. I'm normally, to be honest quite hungover on christmas day <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so me, me and my brother nick we go out for a 10k run and i just said like i have to do this to kick start it again and it's like we spoke about it in our in our last podcast about the, it's a moment you know the, the when you just click trigger moment trigger where moments where that's yeah. the one yeah and that for me was christmas day morning 10k it was horrendous like i'd i'd had a month of just overindulgence and i stopped Two or three times, I think, just gasping for breath.
1: And had you already signed up for the marathon by this yeah, point? Yeah, already signed <laughs> up. So, so at this
0: stage, it was it was quite a important moment that we had to get that milestone stone under our belt. And uh, we did it. Obviously, enjoyed Christmas Day as normal. Two days later, I went to Marbella um, on holiday for, for New Year's and managed to get some runs in along the waterfront there. And then before I knew it, it just started coming naturally. Like, it really did. And um, it answered to your previous question about how long to train. It it varies depending on how intense you want to go, but they say, like, the minimum 16 weeks. So my training plan was 20 weeks. So at that stage, I was able to run a 10K, albeit not very comfortably. That would have put me on target. So I've always been ahead of my training schedule. Up until now, obviously, there's there's... So to put it into context, the marathon, I'm doing the Brighton Marathon on the 14th of April. Uh, so we've got just under two months to go.
1: Yeah. Um, I, you mentioned the, the Virgin plan that you started following. Are there any other resources that um, beginner runners can sort of look to? So for me, and I want to do my marathon, wh- where do I go to look?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. And and Google's your best friend here. So, so there's so many. And it's actually quite difficult to just pick one, because they're all slightly different, but pretty much the same. And it, it all boils down to how often you want to run. So, so, my, so I started on a different plan, which was the booper running plan, and quickly realized that I'm too busy at work, basically, to run five times a week. So their, their plan was more around, you do lots of shorter runs and then one big run. Whereas I'm now, I've am now, i now kind of tailored the the Virgin plan that I, I mentioned. So I'm almost doing a bespoke plan plan to myself. And I think that's quite important. That, that would be one of my biggest tips to anyone starting out with it. Although your plan is really important to help motivate you and guide you on what you should and shouldn't be doing, you also have to listen to your own, your, your body, for starters, because that running that often is like not good for my knees. I I've had knee problems for throughout like my adult life really, stemming from football. But um, so I've opted for like a tailored plan where it's reducing the amount of runs, but making sure that they're valuable. So I try and do one high intensity, sort of like short short anywhere between five and ten k run, where I really push the pace to um, improve my cardio, and then. One, uh, like, slightly longer run, sort of mid-length run at just a normal pace, and then one at the weekend long run. So I'm using the weekends basically to do my long runs building up. And I had the typical sort of, like, end of January, obviously very common, but the end of January lack of motivation Mm -hmm. where I'd gone hard in January, gone booze-free, eating healthy, and then thought, oh, this is awful. So I signed up to two half marathons, um, the first being the Portsmouth half marathon two weeks ago, and the second being the Hampton Court half marathon just last weekend, and they were like my focus focal points. So you did two half marathons in a fortnight period? Yeah, which was hard. Yeah, sounds like... I overdid it, I think. But yeah. at the same time, I needed those, those events to really push me.
1: Yeah, can can we share your plan that you've got on the the VV website? Yeah, so I think it'll be quite interesting for people to see. Um, I suppose if we put a link to the the Virgin or Booper one and how you've tailored yours, because obviously people are going to want to tailor theirs based on yeah. um, sort of sort of their level.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll include a link.
1: Yeah. So how 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 were your half marathons? You, you've you've said it now. How were <laughs> they?
0: So. Up until the first half marathon, I was still looking. So the longest run I'd ever done was still 10 miles, the Great South Run back in October. So the first half marathon for me, and I'd been told by people to just not, although it was a race event, um, I'd been told by people to not think about it as a race at all. Think about it. It's just a, a stepping stone to the bigger thing. So I went in with uh, what I now know as the right mindset. I didn't care about time, didn't care about stopping if I needed to. Like I, I've, I just decided, I just need to get the miles under my belt. It's going to be a nice like race environment. The crowd will be there, as with all these like half marathons. It's always quite fun to go. Like you get a little bit of adrenaline and stuff when people cheer you on. Um, and I'll just get a time under my belt, and it didn't didn't really matter matter how long it took me or or anything. So I absolutely loved it, and strangely, like I actually smashed my time estima- estimation by 20 minutes. So I finished in 2:09 for the half. Um, moving on to two weeks later, <laughs> again. So I had th- I had this runners high for the second time after the Portsmouth half marathon, and I was thinking, you know what? I actually I had negative splits, so I finished really strongly. That basically means that you start slower and then reduce your uh, average mile time as as it goes on. And I I honestly thought that I could probably push it a a few more miles at the end of that one. So fast forward two weeks and I went in with totally the wrong mindset, got carried away, forgot that the marathon's actually the bigger picture and ran the Hampton Court one as as a race and just got caught up in it. So I PB'd my 10K time, PB'd my 10 mile time and then completely fell apart. And it was the last three miles was honestly like the worst running experience I've ever had. And it's really, really knocked me for six a little bit, confidence wise. Because I thought there's absolutely no chance I'd be able to run double that distance if I did the marathon like next week.
1: So what, what are your takeaways from like what's your approach now having had one really successful half marathon and one that's not so good? Um
0: my approach is that you you've got to focus on on the end goal. Like, yes, it's great to so so I did beat my Portsmouth half marathon time by literally like thirty seconds, but I, I ran it to try and do a, a sub two hour half marathon, um, which was quite that's a nine minute difference, and I hadn't really done too much training in, in between those half marathons because they're only two weeks apart. So I just thought I'll, I'll like you know do a couple of short runs to see myself over, but but that's it. But um. It's, it's a tricky one. I, d- I just think you've, you pacing is so important. You've got to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I went out way too hard c- because I did feel quite good for the first ten k. Like I felt strong. But when it when you fall apart, which I'm sure will happen to me at some stage in the marathon, you've got to be, you know, have energy to to deal with it and get yourself over the line. Yeah. And I didn't just hit the wall. I, I literally fell apart. I was I was gasping for
1: energy energy gels. It was embarrassing. Yeah, so c- coming at it with the right mindset is sort of what you recommend. Don't go in it as if you're looking to run a race. I'm learning a lot here because I'm sure if I went f- to do a run, I'd, I'd want to go fast. i want to... Um, oh, and, and it's so easy to do that
0: because you get swept up, literally like swept up in the race. And when you've got people cheering, cheering you on, you know, it's natural to, for you to have an adrenaline surge and to go faster. And particularly in, like, going all the way back to the when I used to do quite a lot of triathlons and duathlons, pacing is so important, like, so important. And that would be one of my biggest tips for anyone looking to do any sort of race. Like, just don't go out too hard. And it happens in cycling, swimming, running, anything, really. Yeah, definitely. And so how long have we got now until your marathon? So there's about seven weeks to go. Um, And my plan from here on is essentially scaling up from the half marathon distance, to 13 miles. Um, so every two two weeks, essentially, I'm gonna increase two or three miles up to 20 miles. So every week you're gonna do
1: more than a half marathon?
0: Yeah, because oh. you just have to. And that, yeah. that is the hardest thing now. I'm I'm hitting, I'm hitting the stage of training where it's not just about the distance, it, it's a big time commitment. And I knew this was coming, to be fair, but we're looking at the runs and I'm thinking, do I really want to go out on my own for 16 miles on a, on a weekend? And it is it is quite demoralizing, which is that was one of the reasons that I opted for those two half marathons as well, because a race environment is just more enjoyable. So, like for instance, if there was a 16 mile race event, I'd probably sign up for it because I'd be more motivated to do it and I'd
1: run it better. Have you heard of Casey Neistat? No. I've just had this thought. He runs 10 to 20 miles every day. Every day? Every day. I mean, that's savage, isn't it? Uh, But he he just loves it so much. And I I think if you start doing a sport or exercise and do it regularly and get to that point where you're having the runner's high, you're going to love it so much. You want to do it every day.
0: It's true. It's true. The runner's high is like a real thing. And I didn't believe it before. And I, I was one of those runners, as I said, that like I struggled to do 5K at the start. Um, and it wasn't just the fitness side of things. It was more my body. So I, I could run 5K. I, it wasn't that I was out of breath. It was more my lower back used to hurt a lot. I used to get a lot of niggly like, oh, injuries. I have these problems. And it, honestly, if you train properly, and I promise you, this is a, particularly like directed at you, James, but you will... Those problems will go away because it's strengthening and conditioning is a big part of of like the marathon training plan. And I honestly haven't had any lower back problems at all. I've got the right footwear. I got. I did. I've, I've been doing strength training as, as well as running, and it's it's changed the game for me. Like running is if, as long as my pacing's right, I'm quite comfortable at running now without pain. And the only real thing I've had is, as I've been doing these longer distances, a bit of niggly, like, knee pain. But again, it's just managing your body. Don't overdo
1: it. You don't want to end up with shin splints. Um, yeah. So h- how are you feeling now? Seven weeks to go. Um, you, you're feeling confident and excited for it? Cause you've got a lot of training coming up. Yeah. A, a mixed
0: feelings, to be fair. I'm, I'm obviously very excited for it. Um it'll be a great experience to do with my brother as well that you know crossing the finish line we're going to run it together i think it all depends on basically how my running goes but um as long as i can carry on basically we'll run it together it's going to be daunting like that i'll i've I'll obviously never run that distance before I, as i said my my longest run before the race will be probably 20 miles um it's another 6 on top of that so it is exciting, but at the same time, I know that it's, now's the time that I really need to knuckle down, you know, eat, eat healthy, get the miles in, and just do the hard work, because I do not want to get there on the day and just hate the experience because I'm not fit enough. And that was my overall aim. If, um, there's a blog on our on our website that I wrote about what I actually hope to achieve, and the, the overall aim I said on that is I want to complete it and not hate it.
1: Yeah, and I, I think you will. I think if you go back to that first half marathon you did and have that sort of mindset towards it as opposed to the second half marathon, it's it's going to be a lot easier because h- how much longer was the first half marathon for the longest you've ever run? Was it? So it was three miles. Three miles longer. Yeah.
0: So before that, my longest run was the Great South Run, which was yeah. ten just a 10-miler.
1: So every time you're doing your longest run ever mm. and it's going well. So the Great South Run... Um, Runners high. Yeah. Felt great. Felt really good. Then the longest you've ever run again. Runners high. <laughs> exactly. And you yeah, felt great. True. Yeah, that's true. So when you go to the marathon, it's going to be the longest you've ever run. You're going to feel great. You well. are. <laughs> e- explain to me the runners high. How, like, I've, I've never had it. How, it's a hard, how it's good a hard one is to it?
0: Explain. It's a real hard one to explain, but you just, you just feel like you've achieved something basically and there's nothing else really you can compare it to because it's really hard to replicate that sense of achievement unless you do something amazing. And that that's one of the main reasons like why a marathon was on my bucket list because it is a, a great thing to have done. Like there's, I'm sure there's lots of people who have done, you know, 10 marathons, but it's, it's still every single marathon that, th- that they finish is still a great achievement because, you know, that sort of distance should not be frowned upon. And particularly for people who are doing their first marathon. Um, and I have to say, I'll, I'll actually go back to, to last year. Um, one of my best mates did the London Marathon. And I don't know if you remember, but the heat was absolutely savage. Very warm. So he's he's coming back to do the Brighton Marathon with me as well, um, which was surprising because he was another one who wasn't really a big runner. Um, you know, he's not the fit, fittest person but he just enjoyed it so much even though he, the heat just destroyed him in the london marathon he's <laughs> I did not expect him to come and do another one and i've said to lots of people that after this marathon my long ru- long distance running days are over but <laughs> having done having done those half marathons I, I wouldn't be that surprised if i end up doing something else something even wilder <laughs> well, how wild are we talking well so my cousin has done the hadrian's wall ultra marathon and i don't, i'd never do that but um, something along those lines, a bit more extreme. How long is an ultramarathon? 69 miles, so oh it's three
1: times marathons. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I, I'm interested to hear about some of the gear and clothing choices because that, that can't be overlooked when you're doing a marathon because if you don't have the right footwear, yeah, as I'm sure you know, yeah. that will not be good for you you regret that yeah
0: totally and I, I, I it's one of those things a bit like cycling to be fair when you do long distance anything you've got to have the right gear It's just worth the investment you do not want to be wearing incorrect shoes that are going to give you blisters that will hurt your lower back as well so it's probably not a coincidence that these little niggles that i used to get running short distances n- not only have i got stronger but i've actually you know had a had a shoe fitting they tested my my running gait, which is basically they recorded me on a treadmill on how I run. And there are various different shoes for how you land on your feet, basically. Um, so I got it all done properly. I just thought, if I'm going to do the marathon, I want to give myself the best chance of doing it comfortably. Um, so, I, you know, I did buy an expensive pair of shoes, which is quite a hefty investment, to be fair. You know, up to 150 quid. But... At the end of the day, if you're going to, you know, go out every weekend and get some serious miles in, you want to have the right stuff. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to gear, I think so. Running is it's one of those ones where you can basically run in anything, to exactly, be fair. Yeah. But at the same time, for instance, over the winter training, you you want to have, you know, your, your base layers with a, a proper running top that um, wicks sweat away from from your body. So my my typical running attire would be. Uh, so short, my my proper running shoes. I wear Brooks Ghost run, running shoes, um, and then just a standard pair of running shorts with potentially Under Armour underneath to stop any chafing because no one wants that. No one wants <laughs> that. <laughs> and then I I normally wear so a, a long sleeve skins or like base layer uh, to keep me warm, and then my VV running top over the over the top of it. Definitely. Uh, have you found your watch to be useful at all? absolutely and and particularly for two reasons one is motivation and I'll tell you one in a minute but the other is actually on the race day pacing yourself so again the difference between the Portsmouth and the half marathon and the uh, Hampton Court half marathon Portsmouth I, I wasn't as I said I wasn't running to a time it was just a distance so um I was moderating my pace so I, every time I looked at my watch and I was going too quick I was like making myself slow down a little bit Whereas the Hampton Court one, because I got swept up in it, I didn't really check my watch at all. And when I look back at my splits, I was running way quicker than I ever normally do on any of my training runs. Um, So what I should have been doing is using my watch to moderate my pace. And, you know, it also gives you, although there'll be uh, distance markers on the course, it also gives you a better idea of, you know, what you can aim for. So my philosophy is for the marathon is to break it down into roughly four 10Ks. Because it's just over 40k, um, and I'm I'm even half tempted to force myself to walk for 30 seconds after the end of each 10k. Because you don't know how it, it all depends. Obviously, how my training goes, but I, I am half tempted to just say when I do 10k, have a breather, get some you know hydration in, then start again, and just break it down into four 10ks.
1: Yeah, because 10k is easy, isn't it? No, <laughs> if, if, you, if you think about it you're doing 40k, a 10k is a manageable chunk. Yeah, I like that approach. so how's
0: it motivated you? So it motivated me because so as I said, my brother's doing it with me so on uh, so I've got a garmin watch, and we other watches are available. Other watches are available. We'd hate to just promote garmin <laughs> and I've said it again. <laughs> um, but we use their app so the Garmin app and basically challenge each other. So you can do it by, like, we, the first one we did in January was a one-month steps challenge. Uh, and it was just basically who could do the most steps in a month. Um, and I lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then, but that's because my brother's got quite an active, he's he's uh, active job. He's a teacher, so he's on his feet all day. Um, so he was just smashing me on the steps you know like lo- literally doing over double the amount of steps i was doing in a day and then and then we were running roughly the same so then we did it just on runs and my cousin got involved and another friend got involved and it's just like quite quite a good way of you know you can have a little discussion on there it logs your runs every time you do it via your, via watch and you can use it to just motivate you so it will, t- i get a notification saying Nick has just logged a run, check out their activity here. And I log on and I'm like, oh, Jesus, he's done 15K. <laughs> and then I'm like, right, I need to go out and <laughs> get, get out there. So that's how I've used it to motivate me.
1: Yeah, I really like that. Um, having sort of the gamified element of it and doing it with friends and family. Um, what is your advice for anyone wanting to run a marathon? So what have you sort of learned and what advice would you give um, seven weeks out?
0: So main advice would be, and this sounds like pretty obvious, but just do it. Because if you are like me and you struggle to get motivated to get out there unless you've got the end goal in mind. Like if I hadn't have signed up for the marathon and my approach was more, I'll start training and see how I do. And then if I feel good, I'll sign up for the marathon. I wouldn't have done it. So I needed to just sign up for it. And it was literally like that trigger moment where one day it's just like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And I wasn't ready for it at all. But then no one's ever ready for it on their first marathon. So fir- first uh, bit of advice would just be, if you really want to do it and it's on your list, like, oh, I'd love to do a marathon before I die, just just do it. Sign up for one. Give yourself plenty of time, but sign up for one. Also, there are other marathons that are easy and, you know, there's other other marathons that are hard. So... Brighton for example I picked it because it's flat (laughs) Um, smart. I've heard Berlin marathon is very flat and it's a PB course London's obviously pretty flat but um yeah so I I picked that because it's an easier one to do than a than a hilly one secondly Christmas is always going to be hard because most marathons the big marathons in the UK are Around like April May time, so obviously the the London Marathon is just after the Brighton Marathon, so you've just got to get past that time without causing yourself significant like impacts. <laughs> 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 I just about got away with it, but only because those last last few runs at the right at the end of the year. Um, and then you just you've got to stick to a training plan, and you really do have to become disciplined, and that was that's been the hardest thing for me, like literally giving up three of your evenings a week, plus a big chunk of your weekend. But w- once you get in a routine, it becomes a lot easier. And I'm actually, so so you've got to adapt to your day. And uh, I actually get quite a few of my shorter runs in at lunchtime now.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right, brilliant. Well, I wish you the best of luck for the marathon. Uh, if you've got any questions, make sure you send them in to VV Nation on Twitter and at ChrisSmithVV on Twitter or Instagram. Any last words of wisdom? Uh, I'll see you crawling over the finish line (laughs) definitely
0: (laughs) cheers James